everybody. You're listening to What's Your Number? The podcast where we ask ourselves and others that age-old question, what's your number? In the hopes that telling these stories from our sexual past might help us get a little closer to understanding why we are the way we are. I'm Olivia, recording from Barcelona. And I'm Mariah, recording from New York City. Well, welcome everybody. Today we are going to be talking to our special guest who I've been dying for you guys to meet. His name is Ryan. Hi guys. Yay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So everybody, this is my boyfriend, my current boyfriend, the one I'm always talking about, um, the one I'm always uh, spilling the beans about. And um, I've been, yeah, I've been very excited for you guys to actually hear from him because I hear from him all the time. And I feel like you guys get the trickle down version of that. Um, So here's what's going to happen today. Olivia actually will not be joining us, um, but we thought we'd have a fun little chat. We're going to talk about some of Ryan's sex stories. We are going to talk and let me also stress that it will be his sex stories before he met me because we can't spill any beans um, about how we met because it's a good story. I don't want to ruin the best story. So you only get get the warm-up stories today. Only the warm-up stories. Yep. So are you saying it's like the best story of your life? If you're in the room, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Starting off on a really, really good fit. Uh, good foot, excuse me. But um, the other thing we're going to be doing today, um, because we want to just keep it really light and conversational, um, we're going to be answering some Reddit relationship advice, which is something that we do all the time when we're driving. And it's really fun to get the guy's perspective and the gal's perspective. All right. Let's do it. Yay. Um, Before we get into it, though, um, I also did want to mention we have a listener survey. It's going to be linked in the show notes. If you are a listener, if you've just started listening, if you've been listening for a while, whatever it is, um, please take some time to fill out our short survey. It takes under five minutes. And, you know, we've been really working behind the scenes to kind of think up some different types of content. Um, that you guys might enjoy hearing. So we'd love to get some feedback on that. And thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to witness the magic. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you've kind of been witnessing the magic for the last like two and a half years because I feel like I've been doing this podcast the same amount of time we've been together. Yeah, but it's always muffled magic because you're like in the closet with the door shut and I just kind of hear you're like... And then kind of giggle from behind the coat racks. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of giggling, a lot of giggling. There's a lot of good. It's probably one of my favorite things about your podcast is just how like giggly you and Olivia are. Yeah, you're in it for the giggles. I am because it, I don't know, you guys have such a warm, bright laugh. It just kind of like, you could, like, I would probably listen to a podcast of you guys just laughing for 30 minutes and not saying anything meaningful. (laughs) (laughs) It would probably still warm my heart. That's so cute. Yeah. That's really cute. That's I guess that's like our future. That that can be our spin-off show. We'll have an ASMR channel. <laughs> you guys just laughing. You'll just like stream it while you work. Um, it'd, it'd probably be, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ocean waves, just like Mariah giggling in the background. I like how <laughs> this is how you're making your introduction. But you've well, also been there for a lot of us trying to figure it out in the early days. Mm-hmm. Um. And a lot of last minute, oh shit, we need to record. And we're like in an Airbnb and I'm in a closet recording. So yeah, you really know how the sausage gets made, don't you? (laughs) I've I've witnessed the process for sure. So uh, I guess tell us a little bit about you. Like who are you? Um, I mean, you don't, don't share any like majorly identifying details, but... 
you know, just give us a sense of who is this person who we're about to hear um, his perspective on relationships from. Okay. Uh, I guess like the the big identifying characteristics of myself. Uh, I'm a big like traveler and outdoors guy. Um, I did like the van life thing for a couple of years. I'm really into climbing. Uh, I'm also really into tech. I have a startup uh, in like the tech world uh, and I work for uh, like a tech company. Um, I am pretty, pretty social person. I feel like I like going out and meeting people and talking to people and blah, blah, blah. Um, what else, what else is important for people to know? Well, now I'm like trying to remember because like that whole rundown sounded like a dating profile. Yeah. And now I'm like <laughs> trying to remember what your dating profile said. It didn't say anything. It didn't? No, we met on we met on Bumble and uh, I don't know, is this is a spoiler alert? Well, Should I, tell this I feel part like of the that's story? the least interesting part of yeah, how we met. Agreed. So I feel yeah, like I, we can say that part. I, I met on Bumble and I remember my guy friend at the time being like, oh, girls love Bumble. Like, download Bumble. <laughs> And I hadn't used Bumble in years. And so all my photos were like really old and I didn't have a profile. And the like old version of the app didn't have like so many of the new features where there's like questions and answers and your hometown and your top Spotify or whatever that crap is. So my profile was totally blank. You didn't have even like a bio? No bio. No, it was just me and photos. Wow. Yeah, that goes to show like that's actually probably... Yeah, sorry. Go now ahead. you're second guessing it. I mean, maybe I added something, but I don't think I did because I'm pretty sure I downloaded the app and then was like, I don't feel like doing this. Well, I feel like that kind of makes sense for me at the time because I feel like I probably, like, I remember being very turned off by anyone who had like a bunch of questions answered and like was like yeah. trying too hard in their profile. Right. I feel like I've always been a very bad bio writer. I've always over engineered it and it looks dumb and it probably <laughs> ever detracts from my. <laughs> Yeah. Like I remember I had a I had a profile one time, a Tinder profile that was like it was like your perfect boyfriend checklist. And then it was oh like my God. tall, handsome, makes good money. No 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 or something like that. I don't know. No, I probably <laughs> didn't put tall. I don't know. Taller than you. <laughs> I mean, you're you're not short, but yeah. I don't think you could say tall. Yeah, or handsome or makes good money. You so could yeah. say handsome and like, makes good money. I was like, here's your perfect boyfriend checklist for when you find one. <laughs> Well, I feel like your description actually did sound like a good boyfriend checklist. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I would say you are very good boyfriend material. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I've been training my whole life for yeah. this moment. <laughs> I feel like I do a good job. You do a very good I job. Like- <laughs> I mean, I feel like part of your personality is you do a very good job at everything. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. Um, I'm wondering what you, what your funniest dating app story is my funniest dating app story um i mean i feel like i know every single one of your stories at this point yeah and i know some of your hilarious hookup stories and we'll we'll get to that in a second but this whole tinder thing has got me thinking i'm like what what did you have on your tinder and uh, how did that end up It's been a while since I've used Tinder, so I'm trying to remember. I mean, I know I had photos of like of me climbing. I had photos of me like I had a photo of me like in a suit. Uh, I don't know. Did you have I any like w- notable app hookups that like scarred you for life? I had like very bad dates. All of my hookups were like f- like fine. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I had any like bad hookups. At least they weren't bad for me. Like, I don't know, you could ask them. But I feel like the the only like horror stories I had from from Tinder dates or whatever are like going on dates with women that after 10 seconds I immediately did not want to be on a date with. Yeah. And then just having to suffer through that. Yeah, which actually honestly, like as someone who knows you, I feel like you are not good at pretending to be interested when someone's talking to you. Yeah. If you aren't. <laughs> I feel like I'm I feel like I give off strong signals, but God, some women just don't get the signal though. I just remember yeah. being on one date with this girl and we were like trying to go to, to like a nice restaurant. And then I don't know why she bailed on that. It was like, oh, I'm too expensive or something. And then I was like, well, let's go to a bar and have a drink. And she was like, oh, I don't drink. And I figured that out. 
on the date. Like, oh, you don't drink? Okay, well, strike number one. And we went to like a shitty pizza restaurant and then like walked around a park. And I kept being like, okay, well, like I'm going to... I'm going to go here. I'm going to do something else. And she was like, oh, I'll come with, I'll come with you. You know, we uh-huh. all walk that way too. <laughs> you know? And, and uh-huh. I just, I didn't like be, I didn't want to be the bad guy and spell it out and be like, I'm not having fun with you at all. And I would like for us to walk in opposite directions. But that's uh-huh. like what I had to do. <laughs> and I don't know. I just feel like, uh, yeah. Is it... <laughs> A de- is it a deal breaker for you if somebody isn't a drinker? I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on why, but I, I think the short answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like, you know, if we had lots of other things in common and like the not drinking thing wasn't going to be weird. But I guess I can't imagine somebody who's like an adamant non-drinker, like seamlessly enjoying like all of the scenarios that I'm in where I'm drinking mm-hmm. and like having like I can't imagine someone going out with like me and my friends to like a bar or a club and like you know right. we're, we're all just like doing shots and being dumb and dancing or whatever and this person like having a great time yeah like day in day out you know yeah like I mean we I've met people that are like that like the guy, we had a friend in Austin like the guy Tim who we knew in Austin who like yeah. didn't drink but he was always like tripping or something. Oh yeah, Tim is great, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so like they exist, but that's the only person that I've ever met in my entire life who's like a non-drinker who I've enjoyed hanging out with like at parties. Yeah, I mean, I feel like p- part of it is just like it wouldn't be fun for them at a certain point because it's like you definitely, your social life involves a lot of social drinking. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I see. I definitely see what you're saying for sure. It's it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's a, I guess it's a little bit sad, but it's definitely true. I think it just depends on why. If like you, ha- you know, if you, and if, yeah, it depends on why. And if like, as long as like the person doesn't feel like awkward in scenarios where there are is alcohol involved, then like I don't care. Like do your thing. If, mm-hmm. You know, if I was dating someone who was really into smoking weed and like I just drank and she smoked weed, then right, like, great. What's your relationship with the question, uh, what's your number? Do you remember <laughs> anybody like asking that or like, I mean, <laughs> oh, do what, I? What's it like over there for like, for the in the guy world? Do you guys like talk about your numbers a lot? No, not with guys. The, I mean, my relationship with the question like entirely revolves around you. <laughs> Because I remember, you, I remember you asking me on our first date, probably within like an hour of our oh first conversation. God. I can't. I still like can't believe I did. I like yeah. don't remember that, but well, that's I, like I so think, cringy. I mean, I think it was in conjunction with you telling me about the podcast. Yeah. So I don't think still, it was just yeah. out of the blue. I think you were telling me about the podcast, and then the conversation transitioned into like, "Well, what is your number?" And I remember distinctly being like, in my head, I was like, "Oh, it's probably like 30, 35. Let me let me like add 15 real quick. And so I think I was like, oh, 40, 50. But I knew it was a lie. But I just like wanted to sound cool. But I genuinely thought it was like 30, 35 or something like that. And then I went home that night. And then you were like, oh, yeah, I think mine is in that range too, like 40, 50 or something like that. And then I think we were kind of like, cool, cool. Like we're on the same clip. Same wavelength, we fuck the same number of people. Like we're equally cool. We're equals. <laughs> and then but we have I'm, so much in common. We have so much in common, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember I went home that night and I counted and it was like Oh my god. Not 30, 35. I think Aww. it was like it was like maybe 20 or something like that. You went home and counted. I know. Aww. And I was I I, I oh I think I won. I felt bad for lying. And then at two, I was like, I was like, am I I was like, am I I was like, is she out of my league? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, so yeah. I, I, it's funny that you had that reaction though. Like, was there any point in your life when, like, you were ever, like, where, like, anyone who slept with a lot of people to you was less than cool? You know what I mean? Cause I feel like there's this, like, weird shift that's happened. Um, I mean, probably, like, for the better, but also has its, like, negative sides. And it's that it started off, like, you would get slut shamed mm-hmm. for having slept with a lot of people. And now I feel like people our age are 
self-conscious that they haven't slept with a lot of people. Yeah. So do you remember ever being like on the other side of the fence? I mean, I don't know if slut shaming was even like... I don't know when, like the history for men versus for women of slut shaming, but I imagine there's a much longer history of slut shaming for women than there is for men, period. Not saying it doesn't exist right. or never existed for men, but my point is just that I've never known a single man who I've ever witnessed slut shame another man right? for the number of people they fucked. Like, I can't think of a single example of that. You know, yeah, what about ever. for women though? Like, do you remember for ever being women, like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure she's I, hooked up with so many people. I mean, I can't think, I can't imagine myself like thinking that since I was like a kid, like 12. Yeah. I can't imagine being like, oh, Jesus, slut, since I was like a dumb young kid, like young, young kid. I think even in high school mm-hmm. and shit, I was like, get your dick sucked, girl, like, <laughs> whatever. Get your dick sucked. <laughs> Wait, so. Yeah, so what what has been like the rest of your journey with that experience? Because obviously like that was day number one and we're on day like yeah 800. I mean, I was <laughs> definitely like self-conscious about it for a little bit, especially whenever like we would talk about the podcast. It would kind of remind me like, oh, like your girlfriend's fucked twice as many people as you. Oh, like, <laughs> don't forget that. Aww. So it definitely made me feel like a little self-conscious. At the time. I think I went through a phase of like, not wanting to listen to the podcast because it kind of like, yeah. I don't know, it kind of like exposed that that bit of uh, uh, insecurity. But not to say that it's like, you know, completely eradicated, but I think I feel very comfortable with it now. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. really bother me anymore. But it didn't like... Yeah, it wasn't like that on day one. <laughs> what do you, yeah, what did it you do? How did you like get comfortable with it? I don't know. I think we just like, you and I talked about it. And I, I don't know, we've just been dating for a long time now. So, yeah. It just like stopped being an issue. Right. I mean, I feel like what we're not discussing here is I, it was definitely like, I was definitely like, I felt bad for how you felt, but then I also was like, defensive as well because yeah because of the fact that I felt like it was like well I can't help my sexual history you know as well just as well as like you can't help yours I mean I do have a podcast about it which (laughs) which kind of adds another layer to it for sure um but yeah definitely I I feel like I remember it kind of sucking for both of us a little bit yeah yeah I yeah I mean like in in my eyes, I never like, like, you know, like faulted you or like, you know, uh, or like thought less of you in any way. I think I just felt like I wasn't like worthy. Like, you know, you were out of Aww. my league. You were too cool for me or something like that. Yeah. But I feel like you that's know? just like so like not the point of the podcast as well. Like it's it's kind of funny because... Um, Olivia and I were kind of creating it originally as a way to kind of say, it's okay to, you know, embrace your sexual history. But I think, yeah, we realized that a lot of people actually do have insecurities about, you know, not like living up to hooking up with a lot of people. And like that also is its own form of, you know, being ashamed of your sexual past, you know? Mm -hmm. So... So yeah, that's absolutely the opposite of of what we were trying to do. So that sucks that you felt that way. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's it's. I think it's different for your listeners, and it is like, you know, being inside the to continue with your metaphor, the the, the sausage factory, the seeing how the sausage the is, is made, <laughs> <laughs> where the sausage gets dissected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, I feel like we will. Probably, I was not expecting to talk about that today, but um, I would love to hear questions from people, um, from listeners who want to know more about this topic because it's really something we could dive more into, but I feel like we're not really prepared for that conversation. Oh, I'm prepared. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have my responses. (laughs) Well, if there's anything else you want to add, feel free. 
Um, but I guess for now, I'm I'm definitely curious. Is there a sex story from your past that you want to share? Um. Uh. So, uh, I guess you know any story that I that's like worth sharing. I feel like you already know. So, uh, I'll I'll tr- I guess I'll try to tell it as if you don't already know all of my like sexual stories. Um, I mean, you have some doozies that I feel like everyone else probably would love to hear. Yeah, I feel like one that's like a quick, a quick win worth like a a, a quick laugh is um, is a, a like a Tinder hookup in New York where I had been on a couple dates with this girl and we had fucked at least once or twice already and we had some chemistry. I kind of reflect on this girl as like you know someone who I maybe would have considered dating if I. You know, if things had like lined up better, but we had we like had some chemistry. Um, but between the last time I saw her and then like the night that we fucked, I uh, broke my arm. I got like a really fucked up like arm injury, and uh, they cast me in such a way that like the cast went from my wrist all the way over my elbow and then like up to my shoulder. So it was a very big cast. And uh, they cast me in such a way that, like, imagine if you're holding a, uh, like, if you're a server at a restaurant and you're holding a tray full of food, you kind of, like, put your elbow out to the side at a 90-degree angle and then bend your wrist all the way back, and then you're, like, carrying this tray of food. And you're in this very, like, like, server position. So I'm cast like this where my arm is basically, like, up to the side, like wrist back, like I'm carrying a bunch of food around. And so, okay, the point of that is it's it's a big fucked up cast. And this girl doesn't know I have it. So I like show up to her house <laughs> with like a bottle of wine and tote. We haven't seen each other in three weeks. And I'm like, hey, yeah, oh it's nice God. to see you again. Oh, I didn't tell you that I broke my arm and like, here's this big cast. Oh, my bad, my bad. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I just ended up being like a hilarious night. You know, she was kind of weirdly, not weirdly into it, but she like laughed it off like, well, she was in medical school at the time. So she like got kind of into it and she was like, oh, like, tell me about your That's your hilarious. Injuries. Wait, you guys are hooked up one more time before that? At least once, maybe twice. Wow. Yeah. And, but like you like had only like hung out. We've probably been on like three or four dates and that was probably like our fourth date or something like that. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like she handled it like a champ. <laughs> I think so, yeah. How did I mean, you, uh, yeah. Did you guys like go on a date or what did you? We were supposed to, but then it like started raining and I think it was late and I think we both kind of knew what it was. We were both just like trying to fucking move on with our with our day. She was like in medical school, so she was probably like busy as fuck anyway. And I was also in grad school at the time. So I was just like, okay, I'll just bring a bottle of wine over and we'll just we'll just be done with this. So how did you guys actually like do it? <laughs> like what, um, what position was the best position? I, I'm pretty sure she had to be on top a lot because I couldn't like support my weight with my one arm. Although I, I weirdly have a memory of choking her though. So I must have been like, I don't know how I did it. I I guess I could probably put weight through the cast. But I I definitely remember she rode me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's a hilarious mental image. Did she like did you guys hang out again? No, I think that was the last time we saw each other. Do yeah. you think that that the fact that you were like in a cast had anything to do with it or? No, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Like, I don't think I tried to hit her up again. Although we kind of like texted and like talked on Instagram and stuff after that. So I'm sure she would have been down to hang out again. But I think like shortly after that, uh, well, really shortly after that, I met you. Like that was like during grad school and then summer after grad school is when I had my surgery I know. I somehow I managed you, to like, meet you when you weren't in a later. cast. Yeah, I think I was like three months out of it or something. I I met you in the short the short period of time that you weren't. I know. Injured. <laughs> I know. I spent like three. I don't know. The last three years, I feel like I've spent like 
80% of that time in a walking boot or a cast or a sling. But actually, yeah, I feel like so much of the last two and a half years, you've been healing in some way or the other, um, partly because of your antics. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I feel that story reminds me, whenever you were to, whenever you would talk about the fact that you felt like like you had a lower number mm-hmm. than me, I was always like, but why? Because it seems like you could have sex if you wanted to. It just seems like you made the choice to not have sex as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there are a bunch of factors. I like you could have made it more a priority. Like, yeah, well, I had like a, a that's yeah, exactly. Like I had like a steady girlfriend all of college, like a phase where most people like fuck around a lot. And then I like lived in a van for two years, a little bit longer. For context, still, like, as a climber. <laughs> oh yeah, not not because I was homeless, but but yeah, and that's like it's just much harder to pull women when you're like, you know, going to a new state every three weeks, and you have this like small sleeping surface, and you're like prioritizing. <laughs> I just like prioritized I mean, other things most of my life, to be honest. Like I had a, I know I had like steady girlfriends, and I was always focused on like the task at hand, which was either like school or my work or my startup or, uh, or I mean, climbing. That, that's the part that would always make me feel kind of indignant because I was like, well, I didn't like do a lot of the things that you did. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was getting punished because you felt like you didn't prioritize something that you had wished that you had prioritized. I mean, yeah, I guess it's just jealousy at that point. Yeah. Right? It's like you only get like one college experience, you know, and I chose to have a steady girlfriend and I think kind of in hindsight, like if I was giving advice to my younger self, I'd be like, you should fuck around a little bit more. Right. You know, but at the time, like what felt right was having was having a partner. Yeah. I mean, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, of course. I mean, I feel like you also like have much stronger friendships than I have from college. And, you know, I think just had like a healthier time in college. Not to say that hooking up with people is unhealthy, but I think... For me, hooking up with people a lot of times was a little bit of a crutch mm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, because I think I moved around so much that I was just never felt like I was like part of a group. I mean, not never, but mm. I often kind of felt like I was just kind of like drifting, you know, between groups, um, especially in college because I, you know, transferred and studied abroad twice. Um, so, yeah, so I feel like I'm jealous of that. Of, oh, of like, you of like, having, having like more steady friendships and stuff. Yeah, like I think you having a little bit more sense of belonging in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I like love how my life is played out to a T. I think just in that moment, it just made me self-conscious. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I think they were all like the right decisions for me at the time. Like, Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Like I, I reflect on my college uh, relationship a lot. Not a lot, but like at least used to a lot. And like it, it, in hindsight, it makes no sense. It's like we dated for four years through college and we were really just friends. Like we didn't really have a ton of, of sexual chemistry. But I kind of didn't know that, that like there was better sexual chemistry to be had. I yeah. I thought this was like as good as it gets. Interesting. You know, and I should just stop complaining or whatever. Um, But my point was that the relationship was like the best thing for who I was at the time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I feel like some of my relationships were only sexual chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's the grass is always greener. Well... Sounds nah, like we here the grass ha- is greenest. Aw. Aren't you so cute? <laughs> um yeah, I feel like you're being extra nice to me on the podcast. Am I? Should I should I be meaner? <laughs> no. Should I should I should I scold you for not doing the dishes? Um, okay. I think you would have to <laughs> scold yourself. Um oh, oh shoot, just knocked something over, but um Yeah, this is why we need Olivia here. But without further ado, as you guys can hear, we're basically two different perspectives 
the perfect people to give relationship advice. <laughs> so are you ready to... Or at least the most entertaining. At least the most entertaining. I feel like we give really good relationship advice. Yeah. Um, I think... You know, it's really easy to give advice, as it turns out. Like, to actually tell somebody what to do from an outside perspective. I mean, kind of like what you were just saying with your college relationship. So easy to just sit, look, you know, from the outside, say, duh, you shouldn't be with somebody. Yeah, that, right. You know, that you're kind of like, meh about. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, talk is cheap. And uh, we, we definitely have a nickel. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was so a cute saying. <laughs> I'm gonna read you uh, a couple of these uh, Reddit relationship posts, and um, yeah, we can just discuss it. And this is something we're very comfortable with. Um, all right, so starting off with a bang here. Um, so this is posted by uh, I believe a woman. Um, she said the title is "I keep seeing men on Reddit relationship advice asking how to support their girlfriends." Post and then it says dot 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 post row, um, in a way that they can still get or go back to getting laid, and then her answer is get a vasectomy. Mm. She's like, how is this hard? They've gotten so used to women managing birth control that they don't even realize they can take over. It's almost entitled. It's definitely ignorant and it's selfish and not helpful. Fight for us and get a vasectomy. How is this difficult? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so what what is your response? I I think she has some merit, but she's a little she's a little angry. I guess I'll I'll let her be a little angry in like the post row. Yeah. Like yeah, in the post row world, like let her let her have like a little bit of extra anger in her voice, but like yeah, it, it, my my first instinct is to my first instinct is to be like it was to say it kind of feels like bullshit to to make men like go through a permanent like do something permanent to their bodies when all of you have so many temporary options mm-hmm. you get to kick the can on the decision and men have to make like the decision right now like how old is this girl she didn't identify her age okay well i mean if she's like 22 and she's telling her 22 year old guy friends her 22 year old partners like you should all have vasectomies yeah. So that I don't have to deal with birth control or abortions. Right. So you're not gonna you're not gonna get a bunch of twenty two year old guys to get vasectomies. Yeah. Like they don't know what they want in life yet. They don't know if they want kids yet. Yeah, totally. If she's thirty five, I I get it more, but if she's twenty two, like I, you're being a little silly. Yeah, her um her argument in the comments is that um vasectomies are reversible. Yeah, but that's not what any doctor will will tell you like I remember looking into getting a vasectomy and like they say if you, if if a vasectomy being reversible is in any way part of your plan or in any way gives you comfort about getting the vasectomy don't get the vasectomy yeah. like it's incredibly expensive it's much harder to reverse and it's it's not a sure win in any sense of the word like sure it's like theoretically maybe doable but I think it's incredibly expensive and not not shouldn't be part of your decision making factor. Like everything I read online about vasectomies was like, if you get a def- vasectomy, you should anticipate this being it. Right. You should be confident you absolutely do not want kids. Yeah. I also feel like that I don't like the idea of advocating that somebody should just get this like medical procedure, you know, based like that. I, I don't like saying, you know, because anyone's a man or because anyone's a woman, they should ha- have to get a med- medical procedure and that that's like something that they should do. You know, that that's going to sterilize them. Like, yeah. I feel like that's like fucked up to ask of somebody. That should be somebody's decision. Somebody has the right to choose over their body. So I definitely don't agree with this person. I think if somebody doesn't want kids, um, then that makes you know, in their partnership, if they're in a heterosexual mm-hmm. relationship, it totally makes sense yeah. for them to get an, a vasectomy. Maybe to try to empathize with her a little bit more, though, it sounds like she's trying to give this advice to guys who are, like, pissed that they're not getting laid. 
So, so in that way, I kind of see her point a little bit. And that if there's some guy who's like, what the fuck? Women don't want to sleep with me because they don't want to get pregnant or have an abortion. She's kind of yeah. like, well, you could, you know, it just seems you like you could tie the knot or, or whatever. What do they call it? Snip the, I don't know. You, snip the dick. Snip the dick. <laughs> snip the Tire tubes. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I, I also just think it's kind of, it's like overly simplistic. It's like, we do have male birth control. Do we though? Yeah, we do. What, they, what, is, what exists? It's it's not. That's what I'm saying, though. It's not like FDA approved, but it's approved in other countries. You talking about the injection thing? Um, I or is I, it like a pill? I don't actually know that much about it. Did oh. not do my research, but um, but I I know that like the technology exists, but it was just rejected because of there are too many like side effects, but they're actually really similar to side effects women have. Mm. So I would just say like. Instead, I mean, sure, the vasectomy seems like something they could actually do, like, you know, right now and have it work. But also, I feel like one thing men could do to support people in like a post war, a post row world is to lobby for having more male birth control. Mm. Like, you were telling me about this shot that you can get um, when you're like a teenager or something, the shot that's completely reversible. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember reading an article about some birth control that they were giving to kids in India where I think you're sterile for like seven or 13 years or something like that. It's like a significant number of years. And supposedly it's pretty, like from what I read, I remember it being like safe and easily reversible. Um, and I think it's doing clinical trials here in the States, which is amazing. Yeah. Like, it would be so sweet to just give like 13 year old kids this shot and they're like, go fuck whatever you want. Like you're not gonna Seriously. knock anybody up. And then it just wears off on its own by the time you hit 18. That'd be amazing. You know, or if like you want to be a teen dad, you can just like right. undo it real quick. Like that sounds amazing. But, yeah. you know, like the Nuva ring, you can just like go to CVS across the street and like, boom, you're protected. Like, I'm just thinking otherwise though, like, you gotta like fly to India or enroll in clinical trials or get oh, surgery. Right. Those are like the options for guys right now. I mean, I understand though. I mean, or just wear a condom. Or just wear a condom. I mean, yeah. I, I understand. I feel like we're talking about, you know, the short and the long-term solution. But I do think that, you know, if, if men want to be supportive of women in this new world that we're living in, like, you should look more at ways that you can take the burden of yeah of contraception. Yeah, like maybe, maybe like split her contraception with her. Yeah, I mean, also, I yeah, but I feel like you're kind of missing the point though because I feel like contraception is also like, just really shitty. Mm. So it's like, yeah, maybe like take the burden of it. Because I feel like women have to undergo, you know, with contraception, there's so many side effects and things like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, if I if I had that option, I would totally have that conversation with you. Would, I just would don't you have get the that shot? Oh, I would totally get that shot, yeah. Would you get a vasectomy? I would get the shot way before I get the vasectomy. Yeah. Like I feel like somewhat confident that a vasectomy like would be a good move for me I've like I've like never wanted kids my entire adult life I've never wanted kids yeah so like if I haven't wanted kids in the last like you know right 12 years except for our imaginary our of, imaginary kind kid of that we have that my mind is going to change about. so yeah except for I mean, yeah but even for me somebody who like you know I'm like very confident I don't want kids I can afford it like you're in a still, stable relationship, I still just feel weird about it. You're still hesitant. Why is that? I don't know. I think just part of it, just being that it's like a surgery, feels weird that someone's going to like go inside my body and like cut something. Bitch, I got surgery too. Yeah. I've gotten surgery three times to get an IUD <laughs> in my body. Is and it was not is surgery fun. though? Do they cut your skin open with a scalpel? Uh, there was definitely bleeding <laughs> involved. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's it's not nothing. It's yeah. definitely not nothing. Yeah. But like I don't know, just the fact that it's reversible is makes it so much Yeah, no, like I we, I understand that. We talk about this at work a lot and that like there's two-way doors and there's one-way doors. A two-way door, you make the decision quickly. Like a one-way door, you make the decision slowly. And like IUDs are a two-way door and vasectomies are a one-way door. No, I know. I know. I just feel like my solution to this this person's post is uh, 
wear condoms and and then like lobby for male birth control. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. Next uh, next post. And I feel like this might have to be our last post, just looking at the time. I feel like we're we've gone through a lot today, but we'll we'll go out on a on a high note here. Um let's see. Okay. So I sold my stocks and my boyfriend is mad I didn't give him any money. So um, I'm 30, I'm a 30-year-old female and a stay-at-home mom with our one-year-old and he's a 34-year-old male and he's been a sole provider ever since she was born. Um, she said, I made a comment about how I sold my stocks before I lost any money, a few hundred worth nothing crazy. He instantly got upset that I didn't help him out with bills or give him a couple hundred since he's been providing this whole year. Our bills are paid for, so he's asking to give me the money back for paying the bills. Literally asking me to spend the money I didn't want to lose. I reminded him that this was our agreement, that I'd stay home with our baby and he would be the one working, and told him that the money I didn't want to lose was going into our emergency fund. Now there's tension and I'm wondering if I'm wrong. I have questions. I mean, I have so many questions, just like all Reddit relationship advice, but basically I see this as the question that she's asking is if like you're a stay-at-home mom and your husband is providing for you, do you basically owe him half of everything you uh, like have? Like all yeah, of the uh, money that you like earn yeah, when you're like, a stay-at-home you mom, do you have like, to give have him no, half of it? Yeah, it's like do you have no separate finances? Or is everything perfectly shared? I mean, it sounds like her. I mean, my right out of the gate, I'm kind of on her side. I kind of feel like the, husband could chill the fuck out. The weird part about this, though, was somebody said, besides that, you know, someone was like, do you keep your finances joint or separate? And she said, mostly separate. His oh. paycheck goes to his account, but I handle the bills and he'll send money for those. I don't have access to his bank account and I'm okay with that. Oh. And then I think... How does she make money? She's a stay-at-home mom. Later on, I think she just said like, something like, we basically just... I think he just gives her money for whatever she needs. Okay. They like talk about it beforehand. I mean, it kind of seems like she has kind of like an like an allowance. Right. You know, she kind of like is entitled or, you know, receives yeah. a living stipend from him in exchange for staying home and taking care of the kid and the house and whatnot. And I feel like it's her money. Like she wants to buy and sell stocks. Let her buy and sell stocks. Right. I know. I, I think, I mean, I think it's definitely like pretty easy to take the side of yeah. the poster. And, yeah. And, and sometimes I also kind of see his point. Like imagine if instead she had bought a lottery ticket and she like won like $10 million, you know, and he's like, we're a family, like I'm the breadwinner. You, I don't know, like, and she went, and she just kept all ten million dollars. I'd be like, I'd be pissed, right? But how about if, I mean, just putting your you in the perspective of, okay, we live in New York, you pay all of our bills, and then if I like need anything, I ask you for money. Mm -hmm. I have some of my own money. It sounds like she has some of her own money, but like he pays for most of their living expenses. Yeah, and then you know, we have a baby or whatever. And then I win like five, I win like $2,000. I think, I think the size really matters in my eyes. If it's like a couple hundred dollars, like you're going to nickel and dime your- Yeah, that's crazy. Your, I don't know if they're married or whatever, but your baby mama for, a, you know, 50, multiples, multiples of 50. I would be like red flag. The, I need to see your finances now, to like, be honest. If he's like saying like, I need that extra couple hundred dollars, but he's like providing for the whole family. I would at that point be like, I need to see where your money is coming from. He just kind of sounds like a jerk. But yeah, but to kind of take that to more of an extreme, I think if she had like just won a bunch of money or even if she had made a really good investment, I think part of me would be like, hey, like good job. You earned a lot of money making this really good investment. You're like a miracle you're a savant day trader. 
since you've been kind of like entitled to part of my income, can like, can I stay at home? Like, yeah. And, and chill more and like live off of some of your income? I don't know. I think, I think if she had won like a lot, if she had made like a lot of money, I would kind of see his side a little bit more. I can definitely see that too, because that's like a life changing amount of money. Yeah, but this if is it's not like, that. Because I feel like you and I do this thing where we basically send the same couple hundred dollars back and forth constantly. Yeah. Um. So it kind of just feels like he's like nickel and diving yeah. her a little bit. It's like, what's right. a couple couple hundred dollars? It's like a drop in the bucket. Yeah. It also seems like this situation is just like really not tenable though. Yeah. It's I, like you guys are going to fight about money like with how you have things set up. Like there's no way. Yeah. And this is a one-time event too. If she was making like $500 every week selling stocks, then I'd maybe I'd be like... Let's renegotiate our our like uh, our rent split or our you know you have income now, but she doesn't have income. She's like made a couple hundred bucks one time. The funny thing was though, she put it into their like joint savings account. Oh yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck him, <laughs> fuck him all the way. Would you ever be? Is there like any world in which you can see yourself being the provider for your household? If we had kids. Yeah? Really? Yeah. You think it would make sense? Because I, I mean, I, I actually see why people do do it that way because it costs so much to like pay somebody to take care of your kids. Yeah. Like my my sister and her husband, they have two kids. And I think my sister's salary, like 90 to 95% of it goes to, to childcare. It's that she only keeps like, five to ten percent of her salary on top of or at least used to they're in school now but when they needed like like daycare that's insane she was like oh like is it really worth it like i do make more money going to work but i barely have any margin and i could be just at home with my kids wow you know and but she chose to go to work still i think she wanted to like keep her career i mean i think that that was a good call which i think made sense yeah i think she's glad she did it that way but but yeah, like if we had kids and we were in that scenario, I would totally let you be a stay-at-home gal who Instagrams her life and is like, day in the life of an Instagram stay-at-home mom. First, <laughs> first I drink my juice and then I spend 12 hours raising a child. <laughs> I mean, no, I you feel like... You wouldn't have a plush, like... I would definitely be like a stay-at-home girlfriend. yeah. But I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm gonna get so many people listening to this being like, "Oh my God, really? You're gonna <laughs> you would be a stay at home girlfriend." Um, but no, I think I would also go crazy because I was unemployed during the pandemic, and you were working, and I remember being, yeah, a feeling like very like you were connected to the outside world, and I wasn't. So yeah, so I probably wouldn't love it, but but yeah, I think to be honest, I think. Staying home with the kids all day is a ton of work. Mm-hmm. Would you ever be a stay-at-home dad? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've like had that thought a number of times with my, for the listeners at home, I have like a, a ton of injuries that kind of affect my my work. And uh, I felt like, wow, I could just, maybe I could just make Mariah the breadwinner <laughs> and I'll just be a stay-at-home dad and I'll just cook and I'll clean and I'll... God. We'd have to move to a different organize. city. I'll do the laundry. <laughs> You're doing a pretty good job of being a stay-at-home husband right now, but um, but the nice thing is you're getting paid by the government to do that because you're on medical leave. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I also I do have sympathy for people who are the sole breadwinners because that also seems like really stressful to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like some people. I don't, I don't have a ton of married friends, little and married friends with kids. So I can't really speak to it. I just know some people, some people want that. Yeah. I, no. know, I know guys that are like, I just want to be the breadwinner of the family and have a nuclear heteronormative family from, you know, right out of the 50s. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I guess good for them. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's it's. I I get caught between. I I don't want to be like I I. 
I want to be defensive of the progress we've made around uh-huh. like women's rights and yeah. all of that. But then I also don't want to be overly judgmental of people who just, you know, want to divide the labor in a way that makes sense. Because I feel like there is so much pressure, especially in the United States, to just be like a productive member of society, you know, mm-hmm. and we like look down on domestic labor so much. So, yeah. so you know, more more power to them. Um, but I, I definitely think just to wrap up my advice to this, this listener, I mean, or this... Uh, this listener, this uh, this Reddit relationship poster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I feel like she's in a really bad situation. She it seems like she has no transparency into the finances. Like he gives her money, he puts it in her account, and that's just like not a tenable situation. Yeah, I agree. They should should be more transparent. Basically, it's like it is their money. She's like you know if they're if they're sharing all their finances. If you're saying someone's gonna pay all my bills, like. Your money becomes our money, basically. And, but she doesn't even have the leeway to like put it in a savings account without him complaining about it. So, sounds like it's mostly his money. Yeah. Divorce him. Let's just go divorce. straight to divorce. Divorce. <laughs> 99% of the answers to the question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, uh, I feel like we'll have to come back to do more of these some other time. Um, it was great to have you on the podcast. <laughs> and now me. we'll just like go continue living our lives. Thanks like, for having me, B. We I'm do gonna, every day. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta clean up that, that pasta sauce on the stove. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll talk to you next week with uh, more uh, sex stories from the past. Thanks for listening to What's Your Number? This episode was produced by Olivia and Mariah. Music is by No Fancy. Editing and mastering by Lightning the Cavern Works. You can learn more about us and check out our blog at whatsyournumberpod.com. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, leave us a review wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to hear about more sexcapades. Sexcapades.